Okay, so what goes on at the Grant household at Christmas? It's wonderful. My whole family gets together at my mom's and dad's house. All the kids. We have a huge Christmas dinner. Just thinking about it makes me want to be home. We're talking Amy Grant. Hit it. was the 1980s. Hurricane Alicia hit the Texas coast. Swatch introduced their first watches. War Games had the fifth highest box office in the U.S. And Amy Grant celebrated Christmas with some albums and a special. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now joining me is a super special guest, She's a phenomenal singer and recording artist. You've heard her music in the Disney Plus original movie, Noel, and her song, Happy Holiday, reached number two on the Billboard charts. It's Rhea Stevens. Rhea, how's it going? It's fantastic. I love that we're doing this. (laughs) We're probably the only two people that have heard about this special. (laughs) You know what? Amy has such a great, you know, cult following. I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, it is funny because I, I remember her music growing up. Um, I remember especially her duet with Peter Cetera. The next time I fall, that was like one of my all time favorite songs. you know just her other christian music and everything but i had no idea that she actually had a special and it blew my mind when i found out (laughs) you know it's so funny i mean as a as a kid who grew up loving amy um she was like if you found a friend in school that also liked amy you were besties you were instant besties you know amy grant let's get together and listen to Amy Grant <laughs> type of thing. So when she had this special, mm-hmm. it was like, oh my gosh, Amy's got to be on. I mean, I remember my sister and I had this, the special's got to be on it. <laughs> Come home for the holidays to an American tradition with Brooke Shields and Donna Mills. Don't you love fantasies at Christmas time? Grab Bob Hope's bank full of Christmas cheer. Then it's a holiday celebration as Grammy winner Amy Grant welcomes Art Garfunkel and Dennis Weaver in a one-hour special. Amy Grant heading home for the holidays next. I know that I know that feeling. It's I've had that feeling with uh, the He-Man and She-Ra special and oh um, the Garfield Christmas special. Uh, I didn't yes. have it with Amy Grant, but honestly, it's just I had no idea it was around. Well, let's take a step back before we dive in. I want to start with the brand new segment that I introduced. 
It's uh, completely by surprise to you because it's absolutely new and it's called hit me with the toaster. And so I want you, I'm going to ask a question. I want you to hit me with the very first answer you can think of. Okay. What would you say is your favorite eighties movie? Well, what comes to mind and this is not very Christmassy, but less than zero. That, oh, it's a, uh, it uh, actually is set at Christmas. So it works. <laughs> but just Yeah. All right. What about your favorite eighties TV show? Alf. Oh, so good. Alf was so good. <laughs> Loved it. I thought he was so cute. I wanted my very own. I did too. I he wanted like so my own friend, little Alf. And I, I couldn't. He was, he was so soft. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, just two more real quick. What about your favorite 80s song? Oh, oh, that's tough. Oh, that is so, so, so tough. Let me think. Let me think. Let me. Yeah, think. that's that's a hard one. <laughs> oh, favorite 80s song. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just so many to choose from. Um, I mean, one that's really lasted through the mm-hmm. years for me is Time After Time. Okay. Opera. Nice. Yeah. Brilliant. It's just so brilliant. Yeah. And she's an amazing singer as well. Just yeah. So it. soulful. Yeah. All right. And finally, last one, your favorite 80s Christmas present. Oh, a swatch. <laughs> right on. <laughs> a blue swatch. I couldn't believe I actually got one. They were like super yeah. in demand and so cool. If you had one at school, you were like, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out you my were, swatch. You were in. That and guess, guess jeans. Yeah. Yes. That's another one. Yeah. Uh, I remember a lot of the, the girls wearing those jelly shoes. Oh, yeah. I loved those course all the bracelets was a must as well but the rubber blade bracelets and then the um you know the the keds with oh. the crayons on them yes yes yeah. i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yep and snap, um, you were you were really <laughs> well and speaking of snap snap bracelets yeah it's true <laughs> oh my gosh yeah bringing it all Those back awesome yeah yeah <laughs> Well, that's good. That's just a a nice little way for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, So thank you for indulging me there. Okay, so we're here to talk about Amy Grant. What do you, uh, so you kind of already alluded to it, but what's your history in general? Like, what do you remember about Amy Grant? Well, uh, I had one year in private schools. We lived in uh, Los Angeles in in Pasadena. And at the time, the LAUSD was like a really, really not so great school system, like minus average. So my parents were able to afford for one year for me to go to a private school and it was a Christian school. And we had a workout instructor, like all the kids would do exercise mm-hmm. in the morning at like 8.30 a.m. to sing your praise to the Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the age to age album was um, just every, every kid in the school knew that music because Mr. Right. Stringer, who oddly at the time he was flaming gay and <laughs> was our, you know, and, and it was such a conservative school. Right. I don't come from a conservative family. I come from a, a pretty liberal family. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it just is, and he, you know, he would kind of bounce around and it was so much fun. And I loved Mr. Stringer. And so I asked for that cassette tape. And my mom said, you've got to save up for it. You've got to save up for it. You've got to save up for it. So I saved up my allowance and went to the record store and they were always sold out. Uh, <laughs> age, age to age, age to age was like never in stock. Right. So, um, I think it was like once a month or something, I, we would go to the, to the store and we'd have to drive there. I mean, cause at that time to go to a Christian bookstore, there was like one, <laughs> That's right. you know, yeah. there was one in the neighborhood. So. Well, I mean, uh, even now in. they're pretty hard to find. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're Nowadays. impossible. Yeah. So. <laughs> We, I'd go in and I'd go, oh, well, she has all of these other albums. So I would buy whichever one they had. Right. And the Christmas album, um, the age to age had been out for a couple of years. And, but, and I think, so the Christmas album was after age to age. Right. Uh, so it was an 83. I, that yeah. was, yeah. So that was the first um, actual album of hers that I had. So, I mean, year round, <laughs> listen to that album. And and then uh, eventually it was unguarded, but I had everything. I had the in-concert tapes, the, the live tapes. Uh, I had Father's Eyes. I had everything. I think I had to buy like six tapes until Age to Age was actually in stock. Wow. Yeah. That's cool, though, that you had like her whole library. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up with her whole library and we were not allowed to listen to madonna oh and mm -hmm. michael jackson unless we were at friends houses so we right. listened to you know so i knew their albums over there right but i yeah. wasn't able to play like a virgin and dance around my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> as much as i i wanted to <laughs> yeah i remember but, mike uh jacko was you know one of the Big hits at our household. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Michael Jackson. I mean, it, that yeah. stuff is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Quincy Jones. I mean, he just made those records sound. He, like, as a producer, is yeah. he's just phenomenal. I mean, he just knows exactly what a track needs. Like, every time. Exactly. It's the craziest thing. Well, yeah. I mean, the grooves in that stuff. And then, uh, of course, Nile Rodgers with the Like a Virgin record was. Right. That, that just was. It was so well done. Yeah. Yeah. Such, I mean, there was a lot of great music out at that time. Um, so that's how I got to know um, Amy's music. And my dad is a musician. So he had a singer that was working with him at the time. She'd come over to the house and she had kids that were uh, my age and my sister's age. And they had a pool. So she would say, hey, well, if you want, you know, I'll come over and do the session. Then after the session, I'll bring your girls back to if you're the kids want to play, they can come and swim in our pool. Nice. So <laughs> That's a good deal. Blast, yeah. <laughs> so she would blast Amy Grant in the car. And I remember um, she knew that I wanted to be a singer. So her mm -hmm. rule was you have to sing along to these songs in the car and I'm going to turn it down so that you you can actually hear yourself while, while you sing. So nice. we'd be driving in LA traffic to her house um, and she would make me sing Tennessee Christmas. And, oh, that's so good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so many fun memories. See, that's awesome. That's It's kind of 
the opposite of what I'm used to. So I didn't really discover Amy Grant and uh, until much later in life. So I I knew a few of her things. Like I said, El Shaddai. That was like one of the you know, and then uh, you know the other one, sing your praise. You know, sing your praise to the like you were just talking about. <laughs> and then I knew her duet with Peter Cetera, yeah. and then and really that was about it until she came out with that baby baby because they would play it on MTV's Top 20, which is one of the things that I remember most, like vividly just sitting at my great-grandma's house and the, all the adults would be at the table eating and talking and all the kids would go play. But at a certain time, we'd all come into my great-grandma's bedroom and we would just watch MTV, like the Top 20. Yeah. And I remember her video for Baby Baby being in the Top 20 a few times. And that's kind of how I knew Amy Grant. And then wow. later on in college, as I started... um playing at various gigs and stuff then people would you know like hey do you know this song and do you know that one and so then i'd start learning those and kind of got into her music from there especially her christmas music she's got some really good christmas music yeah you can't go wrong with with amy's records at christmas she's i mean she's in in the pantheon of the great the great christmas artists yeah which is kind of uh which is fun to say because her first Christmas album doesn't have a lot of what you would consider like classic Christmas songs, you know, like there's a few, but normally you think of like jingle bells. Of course it doesn't have it. And it makes sense why, but as a kid, you're like, wait, well, what about jingle bells? You know, know, what's where's silent night? You know, that's what I liked about it. I remember as a kid, I, I was so into, well, there was an album that came out by an artist named, Lori Lozak. Um, I think it was in the, I think it was in the the early, early eighties, like 1980, 1981. And it's, it's a children's album called I love life. And she Hmm. was this songwriter, you know, and played these acoustic, wonderful acoustic kids songs. And that was the first album that I ever owned. Oh, okay. I would just sit in my rocking chair and listen to that. And I remember in my child's mind thinking, what is this magic? Who is <laughs> writing these songs? So by the time I got into Amy, I would look at all the credits and I would go, who, who wrote the songs? And I would see Amy's name, so-and-so's name. And I would think, well, who did what? Mm-hmm. Who did what on these songs? So when... Right. The Christmas album, a Christmas album came out in 83 and I kind of cut my teeth on that. I remember hearing chestnuts and going, Amy didn't write this. This doesn't sound like something she <laughs> right, writes. Right. <laughs> this doesn't, this sounds like something else. And I could already hear, mm-hmm. I, oh, she, oh, I know Hark the Herald Angel sings. So she didn't, she definitely didn't write that. But I always fast forwarded to the songs that she that she did do nice yeah because that's what i was more interested in i wasn't interested in covers even as a seven-year-old kid <laughs> you know i was like this is a cover i don't need to listen to this see and i'm i'm funny because i back then of course i or i guess i'm i don't know more common because back then i did really like the covers now as an adult once i started because I, I was a composition minor in Mm. college so once i started talking about like composing and all sorts of techniques and stuff then i started really getting more into what are some original tunes so now i like going back to hear her version of like little oh little town of bethlehem you know it's yeah
Severin. Smith, w. Smith that did that. That did that one, yeah. yeah. And you can tell it's definitely in his style uh, as yeah. far as keyboards go. But like, you know, Christmas hymn, all these ones that she's, you know, that are there that it's like, well, That's I've never heard this Christmas song, you know? Churchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Praise to God whose love was shown. Jesus left his rightful throne. All creation praised him, God incarnate, come, come to Bethlehem. So I appreciate it a lot more now than I did as a kid. And so now I'm kind of in that spot that you were at, like, yeah. you know, where I guess you're just because you're more creative than I am. You're like, yeah, come on, let's get to the good stuff. But <laughs> no, I think I just wanted to hear something that was unique and different yeah. and I was just fascinated by female artists that who who wrote their own music. Um, right. But I think too, as a as a little girl, I just felt like Lori Lozak, Amy Grant, like they understood kids. Mm -hmm. They understood kids. Like those records, I felt like were for for us. Nice as kids. Like it was like she'd tap into the imagination of. I mean, even with. Um, love has come on the a christmas album i don't know if you know mm -hmm. that album throughout but that that opening line it's just it has like these a really chimey playful opening um that just feels like you're like running down the stairs on right. christmas morning and and the first line that opens is hurry now wake up your eyes time for little ones to see daddy's got a big surprise hiding there beneath the christmas tree and it that just spoke to us kids who grew up with Amy. Mm -hmm. We're like, this is my music. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like little girl, like it was fantastical and imaginative. And, yeah. You know, and then a song like Chestnuts, which of course is beautiful, but Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost snipping at your nose. That is for adults. Mm -hmm. Big time. That is for kids Big do time. not think that way. Well, and especially like, I mean, I imagine you're in California. I'm here in South, in, in uh, Texas. We don't get Jack Frost nipping at our nose very often, <laughs> you know? So it's, I, we definitely don't have chestnuts here. So it's, yeah. well, what, are, what are chestnuts, you know? I mean, it's not something yeah. that resonated. So I completely get that. Yeah. For me, um, we always went Christmas caroling. That was our family tradition. So I always, of course, gravitated to the songs that we would sing more often. So yeah. whenever I heard a Christmas song, I wanted to hear one of the standards. That's kind of my thing. And yeah. now realizing, especially on this album, it's just called A Christmas Album. But, you know, her, this album from 1983, there's so many, there's so much more to it. And now realizing that you can take a standard and like just take the lyrics, but completely change the words or, you know, it's like the composition major or minor in me just really mm -hmm. starts to have fun with things it's like oh, okay well let's see what are they doing here oh oh yeah yeah so now whenever you know we we christmas carol with my brothers of course we'll do our standard harmonies and stuff but we'll also just experiment and we'll do counter melodies here and then uh okay let's mm -hmm. try let's just put it in the relative minor for you know no reason okay and you know we just have That's fun with great. it and so i i really enjoy her album because it is unexpected and well brown banister 
I mean, he's just, he's a brilliant arranger. He did that record. And then I know Michael W. Smith was involved on the arrangement of O Little Town and Emmanuel. Mm. But those guys are just incredible arrangers. And and really, if you have a great arranger, like you're, that's half the battle right there. It is. It really, <laughs> really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's talk about the album real quick and then we'll dive into her 1986 special. Okay. Okay. So the album released in 83. It starts off with a Tennessee Christmas, or I guess just Tennessee Christmas. Another tender Tennessee Christmas. The only Christmas for me. Where the love circles around us Like the gifts around our tree Well, I know there's more snow up in Colorado Than my roof will ever I love the song. It's really good. But it's not one that I really listened to a lot when I was younger. So I went ahead and downloaded the lead sheet just to kind of take a look at what's going on. And I found it really interesting, some of their compositional choices. So like they start off with just the one chord, like you normally would, and mm-hmm. they go to the minor six, but then like you have, you have like some strange things where they'll do like a two, five of four, you know, of the four chords. So it's almost like you're in the key of, let's say F, you know, for a mm-hmm. little bit. And mm-hmm. so it's a, uh, it's just this, a lot of these color chords that are just brilliant that it's like, wow, I, I love when people do this because most standard pop songs don't do that. And, you know, some of these Christmas songs do that. You'll get a lot of those jazzier type songs that delve into the two fives and, you know, secondary dominance and things like that. But a lot of standard songs don't nowadays. So whenever I see something like this, especially in like a Christmas song, it's just it warms me. <laughs> it warms me yeah. up, you know. Yeah. Well, the melody is really the, you know, the driving the the that is the star. Right. And the chords have got to fit in there. But I it's so chimey. And, Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's very syncopated. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that pre-hook. That pre-hook is to me the most interesting section quarterly. Rockies are calling. Oh yes, yes. Okay, that is so Burt Bacharach. <laughs> that's very. I hear Burt it. Yep. Right there. I, I hear it. <laughs> that's something. That's something that he did all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful piece. Yeah, that one. I think that was my favorite of the whole album. Um, mm-hmm. But we get some really unexpected choices. So, of course, she follows it up with Hark the Herald Angels because, you know, it's a Christian Christmas album. You have to have yeah. something. So we get that. And she starts at acapella. And it's just her voice is very pure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about it. There's not a lot like it's simple but it's very it's just crisp and pure and there's a her tonally like her her timbre is just really great and a lot of singers don't get that it wasn't until 1984 on the straight ahead album when Mm -hmm. she started singing more aggressively Mm -hmm. i don't know if you know where do you hide your heart yeah i do Mm -hmm. those i mean that she that was just some aggressive singing and then into unguarded it was kind of it was more pop than it was aggressive but it still had more bite right but i think they were just going with the times but i think her heaviest touring years 
that started with unguarded. Gotcha. And a tour will change your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're, you're just singing nonstop. <laughs> yeah. And plus if you, with the, with the more aggressive style and then delivering that live mm-hmm. takes its toll. Right. So I you, can it imagine. just changes, it just changes the way that you, that you deliver things. I mean, but that 1983, a Christmas album was the last of the <laughs> pure, of just, just the pure uh, pitch and right. timbre. And I loved Straight Ahead and I loved Unguarded. I loved, I loved Lead Me On. To me, Lead Me On is. Is that your favorite? That's the Holy Grail right there. That's a. <laughs> that's just, it's just an incredible statement. Nice. Not just artistically, but I mean, you know, that was a, like 88. That was when U2 mm-hmm. and Sting were really, you know, they were saying something. But she was, I mean, lead me on, of course, about the Holocaust and right. about the the failures of mankind throughout the ages. But to capture all of that into three minutes, four minutes, however long that song is, it's so it's really moving, but then you have songs like "Saved by Love," which is about a very happily married woman with a child, followed by "Faithless Heart," about about wanting to run away from your marriage mm-hmm. and being a, a Christian woman, being that honest. I would imagine was quite Probably. scary, right? Quite scary. Yeah, super difficult. But- yeah, but that is what I remember when I heard that. I I thought, is that, am I going to feel that way someday when I grow up? Am I gonna <laughs> am I gonna marry the wrong person? No. <laughs> that's 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 deep. And there at, yeah. at that time, I was just like, I want the Lionel toy. <laughs> I don't <laughs> don't get me Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat. I want Lionel. He's the leader of the Thundercats. You know, and this is why girls and boys don't <laughs> play together. Until that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, but you're right, and I know she did get a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. It was kind of some backlash about her and her husband's marriage when it ended. You know, uh, she was famously married to uh, Gary Chapman. You know, and then she married Vince Gill like a year later. But you know, people were like, "You're a Christian woman. You can't like, how dare you get divorced?" And I mean, there was there was kind of a big to do about it. And I think it's just because she was a Christian artist. I think if she had been just a yeah. pop artist, I don't think she would have gotten as much you know, a backlash from that. I felt so bad for her during that time. I felt bad for both her and Gary. I just, all of that just seemed so small to me. I mean, because I mean, a marriage of that many years ending, and it's not like it was just a marriage. That was a, that was a partnership in, in music and, and, and a partnership that was a big part of, not just her legacy, but, but his, but his as well. Yeah. And the, and I just knowing what I know being, you know, a professional, a music professional, it's really, really tough Mm -hmm. when you're both in the same field and, you know, egos and competition get involved. I mean, they made it last for a really long time. I think they were together for 17 years. I mean, I can't even comment. Cause I don't know what, you know, <laughs> what that was like, but all I know from my own experience is that it's, it's very challenging. Right. So I, I just, my heart really went out to both of them. Well, and to capture it in song, I mean, that's a very musician thing to do. 
And I, I think you're right. It was, it was brave. It was a way to express it. At least they didn't do a Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, you know, kind of thing where they just <laughs> wrote songs about each other the whole time. But, uh, you know, it, they, they made it work as best, best they could. And we actually see how well they made it work on this album. Cause they wrote some of these songs together of Tennessee Christmas is one of them, but also they made it in the 1986 special. It stars both of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Grant, head in the hole for the holidays. With her guests, Art Garfunkel. Ed Begley Jr., Jimmy Webb, Kalina Kiff, and special guest Dennis Weaver. Amy Grant, heading home for the holidays, is sponsored in part by McDonald's. It's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. So the title of the special is uh, Heading Home for Christmas. Headed home for the holidays. For the holidays, you're right. Heading home for the holidays, sorry. You're talking to the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My, to the my apologies, expert, madam. No. My apologies. Uh, no, but like, <laughs> but like, it was directed by the same guy that did Andy Williams and the NBC Kids Search for Santa. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen that one. I did. It's yeah. That's a trip. That's a whole. Uh, yeah, that's an awkward special. But I think he did a better job directing this one. It flows mm-hmm. a little better, but you can still see some of his tricks that he used here and there. So he had a very a style that he stuck to. So in the special, Amy Grant is is narrating. And we were too. It had been a wonderful tour, but a little hectic. So my husband Gary and I decided to take a couple days and just relax up here in the mountains. Then we go home and join our family for Christmas. Little did we know that things would not turn out at all like we planned. That we'd end up meeting all sorts of wonderful people and doing things well, you'll see what happened. But mm-hmm. there are some scenes where you think it would be like voiceover, you know, like maybe just a quick ADR sesh with some, you know, some voiceover work. But instead, she's like just kind of turns to the camera and starts talking to the camera. And I thought that was an interesting choice because he did the same thing with Andy Williams a few really? a couple of years earlier. Yeah. So it was just like, hmm. Makes it very personal. It does. Yeah. And I think he was trying to capture some of that that variety show style, mm-hmm. you know, uh mm-hmm. The Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra one, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I kind of, it's not my favorite special. I'll be honest. I'm sorry. But I do, (laughs) there's some parts that I really enjoy about the special. And that's one of them where she just kind of turns and is just like, well, you'll see what happens in a little bit, you know? (laughs) Then, and then we actually see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you set it up and you delivered. Good job. Yeah. No, but we're honest around here. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Thou shalt not tell a lie. But so if you want to nutshell the special, basically, Amy and Gary are done touring for a bit and they, get sidetracked on their way home to spend some time with each other, I guess. And things happen and they end up singing at a local town Christmas pageant. That's, that's kind of the nutshell version, although a lot more happens in there, but yeah, it's, it's very campy. It's very campy. Um, and very, it, it kind of, it's creative, like from a director's standpoint, Mm -hmm. it seems to me like, well, first of all, Art Garfunkel did an album. Art Jimmy Webb. Jimmy actually, Webb is the one that did it. Yeah, Art Garfunkel yeah. 
did this album called The Animal's Christmas, which I loved as a kid because, hey, you know, like to, in my book, even as an adult, animals do not get enough airtime. <laughs> it's true. There's <laughs> not a whole lot of songs about them. Yeah. <laughs> there's not. Well, and this is from the perspective of the animals uh, mm -hmm. in the manger. I think it was based off of a book that that uh, Jimmy right. read, and then he he kind of expanded it and made it into like almost like yes. an oratorio. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty fantastical. Yes, and musically fantastical. Jesus. Musically, I mean, if you want a lush musical experience, The Animal's Christmas, Jimmy Webb, Art Garfunkel, Amy Grant, it's beautiful. And and we actually get some of those some of those songs in the yes. special. Which, well, that's what that's what they did. I can look at it now and go, okay, so promoting it. <laughs> this was a way to promote mm -hmm. The Animal's Christmas, Amy Grant's Christmas album, uh, also the Unguarded tour, right? Uh, and have it appeal to kids, which is why Jenny, the little girl was involved. And yep. I mean, it's like all the little girls who grew up on Amy, like you wanted Amy to be your mom or your older sister. Or, or go whatever. riding horses with you. Right. So if Amy Grant showed up at your house, you'd show her, oh my gosh, look, yeah. come see my horses and come to my pageant. And then Amy Grant sings at your pageant. I mean, that was the most amazing thing that could happen to you. Oh as, yeah. As an Amy Grant fan. So they really covered a lot of bases mm -hmm. in there. And then I think for the Christian aspect, showing her and her husband together, mm -hmm. um, happily married and, and uh, her family values and giving kids an education right. in the, you know, in that sculpture store where there's all of the stories about the, the Indians in Montana, right. it appealed to family values. So from a marketing standpoint, they really hit every mm -hmm. single thing. A lot of cross promotion for sure. A lot of cross promotion in there. And it, um, but in a way, the Montana thing was interesting. They gave a lot of information about Montana. You know, they're in the truck and Gary in truck, interrupting yeah. Amy. And as a kid, I remember that that scene where she's trying to talk. I'm like, I want to hear what Amy has to say. And Gary keeps interrupting her. <laughs> and it's it's so funny because as a kid, that scene frustrated me. I was like, shut up, Gary. But now as an adult. I'm like, I've been in that scenario so many times. <laughs> yeah. exactly and it's always like both, you know, like, yeah. like sometimes you're Gary and sometimes you're Amy. You yes. know, some, you're trying to get a word out and you can't. And you're just like, oh, and then other times you're so excited about something. You just you just keep you going can't. and going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. But then it, I kind of feel bad for for Gary now watching it 
you know, all these years later when he runs out of gas. <laughs> I love that line where he's like, well, you'd think if you ran a fine vehicle like this one, it'd come with, it would some, come gas. with some gas. <laughs> I mean, so many campy lines in that. Well, and nowadays, don't they like make you fill it up with the at the level yes. that it was when you got it? So I don't know so either. Get stranded in the snow. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I know. He just couldn't get a break. Well, I love. Okay. So before I got to talk about, because it starts off with her singing a couple of songs and they're like the full songs, you know, um, on her tour. And so she sings, um, but find a way. And what was the other one? Was it Emmanuel? I, I think Emmanuel, I, I think maybe, yeah. but okay. She's got, the most <laughs> 80s outfit on. <laughs> yeah, the I love this. Parachute pants the parachute and the yellow pants. jacket and the pink brooch. Come on. Man, and silver boots. I was like all in. I was super like into this look. It was very nostalgic. And yeah, it's okay. It's ridiculous. But at the same time, man, she looks great in that outfit. It's like a really cool outfit. It's and it was so magical. I went to mm -hmm. the Unguarded tour. Oh, did you? That's that that cool. was the first concert that I ever went to. Um, and I think I was seven. And she did wear the parachute pants and <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I think in the, yeah, she's, but the brooch though was so sparkly and, you know, little kids, little <laughs> girls, we love sparkly things. Oh yeah. Raided my grandmother's jewelry box to see if she had any brooches. <laughs> did she? She had a few, but they were, they were gold and they didn't have any bling on them. Uh, so they well, weren't as exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> for Christmas, um, we got my my four year old a little brooch. It's like a snowman or something. And she, wears it. she thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. It was yeah. like a little cheap thing from Kohl's. But you know what? To her it was a million bucks. And so it was cool just to see her walking around at Christmas time with her little. Pin on. Yeah. <laughs> she is yeah. my snowman. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She she's a firecracker. Oh, so. so then Amy tells us, We had a couple of days to spare, and we thought, as long as we're all the way up here in Montana, we might as well take a little time and take in some of the sights. And then they're going to go to her, see her family for Christmas. And this is where we get that part you're talking about, where the truck breaks down. Yes. I like how walk in and he's like, yeah, just breathe in that air, that crisp air. You know, let's, let's just air. take in the sights while we're walking. And, <laughs> and there were try, trying to make it the the best of the situation, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. And then how about the the campfire scene where Amy tells tells them about it, how the year that Gary gave her <laughs> the romantic gift of a pencil sharpener and a pack of pencils. And a pack of pencils and then a shotgun, <laughs> I think, too, right? Yeah. And, and every time. Every time she's telling, because she's talking to the little girl and her dad, and every time she says it, the dad is like, what? <laughs> like, he just has this incredulous sound. Like, he can't believe what he's hearing. <laughs> it's like, I know. I know. And then what's so interesting? <laughs> oh, That's so really good. funny. I it's have to so go good. back and watch his expressions on that. <laughs> but it's interesting to watch Dennis Weaver driving her to the 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 store like the town store to go oh, yeah. shopping and he's actually listening to her and like engaged in what she has to say and in comparison to her conversation with her husband the complete opposite yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Yeah. So so they uh, they get help from the this little girl and her dad that they find their ranch as they're trying to walk to get more gas. And mm-hmm. you're right. He's like talking with them and 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 the little girl's like, "You're Amy Grant. I wanted to go see you in concert, but I couldn't." And I mean, yeah, like everything that you'd want to say is to a celebrity as a little kid, you know. And she got to say and. But yeah, they're like, they, they go, they just want to learn about Minnesota or about Minnesota, Montana. They just want to learn Montana. about Montana, yeah. you know, so they go to a museum and, and they go to the local store. I mean, it's, it is really, it's kind of educational too. So it's like, wow, right on. Okay. Well, I have to say like, this is a little quip from it that I have always used because I think it's so funny when Jenny, the little girl, is showing Amy her horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says, it's just the way she says it. It's not, it's not much, it's just the way she says it that's so funny. She says, Amy says, Wow, you're really lucky. You have all these horses. And she says, Yeah, we have to exercise these horses two times a day. That's how I get my exercise. <laughs> <laughs> So there's, there's a lot of funny that, things. Like, like that, yeah. I've got to go run a lot of errands today. That's how <laughs> I get my exercise. <laughs> it's just such a funny little part. She was great. I thought she was She's so cute. For, for a She's child so actress, cute. I thought she was pretty good. Oh, I loved her. She's adorable. But she's basically like, well, you know, I I'd love to kind of hang out, but I have rehearsal at my christmas pageant so i couldn't go see your concert and so they inexplicably just decide to stick around and sing at the local christmas pageant which is cool i that's like a a really cool thing i mean what if michael jackson had landed in this town i don't know if he would have put on a show (laughs) for them but (laughs) But amy would amy grant would yeah special exactly yeah yeah. But, so they go to the local store. She's looking for a present for Gary. <laughs> and they have Ed Begley Jr. here as the uh, the shop owner. I love this part. And he's just like, wait a second. I think I know you. Aren't you Aunt Doris's kid? No. I know you're you're my my cousin Jack's wife, aren't you? No, sorry. Oh, this is going to bother me. Yeah, you're you're Aunt Doris's kid. Dora, that's what it was. Yeah, Aunt Doris's kid. Yeah, yeah. And he's like trying to remember, and she's like, "No, no, that's not me." He's like, "Okay, well, it's gonna bother me, but I'll get it. I'll get it." Yeah. <laughs> well, starts offering her all sorts of junk. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that was hysterical. Okay, first of all, when she walks into the store and he says, "Hi, my name is Moose." She goes, "Oh, Moose. I don't hear Moose. that name often." And he says, "He says." Well, I'm lucky my parents named me after an animal. You should meet my brother, Douglas Fur. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Campy little lines, you know? And then he starts trying to sell her the gravy boat. The gravy boat. And he says, well, this this is a fine gravy boat. This is a fine gravy boat. And it, but it also doubles as a a salt salt lick lick for for your barnyard animals. It's... (laughs) And then he tries to sell her like uh, yeah. a, what is it, a, a sheep's paw or, or a sheep's hoof? A three three prong three, three, three. Yeah, it's a lamp with three sheep hooves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, he talks about how you can like take the hooves and make some sort of amino acid drink out of it. I mean, talk about the cringe. That's that. Yes, he does. <laughs> so You're like, whoa, okay. I mean, 
Sure. I, I didn't know you could do that, but okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And the look on her face is like, oh, she's trying to be respectful. And- right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love. I love his outfit because he's got like all the flannel and the hat. And I mean, just it's perfect. Like he totally belongs there. But she keeps like asking, well, I don't think that's really what I'm looking for. And he starts showing her other things. And in the end, he just decides, well, here's an arrowhead. I'll give you special. My my grandpa sold it to me. <laughs> I, I liked that line. <laughs> that, that made me. My crack grandpa up. sold it to me. <laughs> yeah, he's got all this super authentic stuff in that store that you would never find anywhere else. But here, you could have this. Grandpa sold it to me. <laughs> and in the end, uh, he ends up giving her like another one. She's like, "I thought you said that was one of a kind." He's like, "Well, it's one of a kind, two of a kind, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just such a bizarre. Such yep. a bizarre scene. I mean, as a kid, I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> all, all of that just went over my head. But then going back and watching it all these years later, was it was really funny. But then it's like totally 80s at the same time. You know, yeah. it's the 80s were just so bizarre and odd. Yeah. And we're going to make a, we'll make a show about a fuzzy alien. I mean, you know, it's just. Yeah. Who knows? But hey, it worked. It was pretty out there, which is yeah. what made it. Which is what made it fun. I mean, right. the eighties were fun because they were bazango. You know, they mm-hmm. were. That's why I have a show about it. <laughs> I love it. So okay, so yeah, then they're, they're at the campfire, and this is where I love this part, where she's like, "Oh, Gary, I got you your Christmas present," and uh, she gives him the arrowhead, and he's looking, and it says it's like made in Taiwan or something. <laughs> yeah, this is made in Taiwan, and that's when she says. Well, this is where I get to get you back for getting me the pencil sharpener and the the pack of pencils. <laughs> Which is a funny bit, but part of me, knowing what happens, you know, what happens to their marriage later, later on, part of me is like, did he? Maybe he did give her that. I'm sure. Know, I'm sure. I mean, I but I mean the thing is, who hasn't been through that kind of oh, stuff? Oh, totally. Yeah. And in young relationships, it's you you don't know. It's even worse, yeah. You don't know how to be in a yeah. relationship yet. So, right. you know, it's a hat. I mean, even if that did happen, it's just embarrassing. I'm just embarrassed for, for everybody. For everybody <laughs> involved. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. We cut to the Christmas uh, performance and it's it's amazing. I, I loved it. She's She sings, you know, she gets up there, she sings. Uh, let's see. Hold on. I wrote it down. Christmas hymn, I think is one yeah. that she sings. Mm-hmm. Praise to God whose love was shown. Jesus left his rightful throne. The virgin's baby son. All creation praised him. God incarnate God. Come to she said she made a few calls to some of her buddies, and it turns out it was Art Just Garfunkel. Just magically show up in Montana. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when when Amy <laughs> Grant calls, you got to go. Yeah. But it's, yeah, Art Garfunkel and Jimmy Webb, they show up and they do some selections from that album, the, you know, the Animal's Christmas that you were talking about. Words from an old Spanish carol and Carol of the Birds.
love Carol of the Birds. It is a beautiful, lush, and it's just a gorgeous piece of music. It really is. That's a very special album. Yeah. It's very, very special. And if you put it on while you're like, if you have one of those Christmas nights, that's just kind of, that's quiet Mm -hmm. and you're just, you know, you want to make a cup of tea and, you know, make some cookies or you just kind of need to clean up or wrap a few gifts or whatever. It just feels like it's a, it's a sacred experience listening to it. It's sacred in the sense that you're just the beauty of it. It's like, you know, when you go out in nature and you're just like everything that you that's been churning in your mind is suddenly mm-hmm. just evaporates. That's what the animals Christmas does for me. It's just like, oh, this is like this is to be experienced. Nice. This is the moment that matters. What's well, like the London Symphony Orchestra is on there. Oh, I know. I mean, I know. Yeah. The London choir. I love the, I mean, those kids, I mean, that, that's just precious. I did a, a song on my last Christmas album um, that I was arranged by a brilliant arranger named Tom Keen. And I told him when the song was kind of half written. I said, I've got this song, but it's this going to sound really crazy because you've probably never heard it. But The Animal's Christmas. It's this Art Garfunkel, Jimmy Webb album. Amy Grant is on it. And it's so magical. We've got to get kids on this song. I really want to, like, I want it to sound like a choir, mm-hmm. um, a choir of kids. And his wife found six kids that she had taught voice lessons to for a long time. I paid them to come in and sing. It was like, it's the only song that I've ever been able to hire a choir of kids for. And it's just so precious. I mean, that just, that that made my entire year of 2020 was like, yes. (laughs) Well, and that was a, that was a crazy year too. So (laughs) it was a crazy year. And the fact that we were able to do that, Everybody was, we made sure everybody was tested and all of that, but it right. was, um, yeah, that, that song was really inspired by the animals Christmas. And the, the song is called Wonderland of Winter. there's a part in it where I say, where I'm talking about the Cardinal, just because I always think it's just so funny. Animals are so intelligent. Like where I live, we have so many wild turkeys running around everywhere, like everywhere all the time. But on Thanksgiving day, you can't find a single one. (laughs) (laughs) They all, (laughs) they all escaped. They, and and these, these are like protected turkeys. You can't, right. You know, you can't, but they know. <laughs> I'm telling you. They, they smell the flesh of their kids. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. that's morbid. No, I know what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean. There's something calming about nature. Mm-hmm. And there's just something 
serene and it i mean it's i think it's even been proven to like help lower blood pressure and yeah. things like that when you're out there and you're right there are some pieces of music that really do that and that album in particular yeah it, it is up there just because just like you, you said the orchestrations are just so so Intricate. well done mm -hmm. that's that's some that's some serious uh you know heavy duty um heavy lifting on on those arrangements i mean right. that that's a masterpiece it's so ambitious mm -hmm. it's so ambitious and the fact that it was not more successful just speaks volumes it, it is for, interesting yeah well it's it's the same reason that you know symphonies go out of business you know they just can't afford right. it but it's it's just it's it's almost too big for us to grasp yeah if it's not in a still moment i mean we're trying i think constantly to get through the day get through the day get to the next thing energize 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 mm -hmm. um and yeah so that's why i think that that album is like that's a sacred experience but we don't even we're like i don't have time for that i i gotta get the dishes done and put the laundry in and make the lunches. And well, and so one thing I was talking with Ken Kessler from sounds of Christmas. And one thing we were, he was telling me was that, you know, it's not, it seems like at this time, this era, it wasn't really until 1987, but prior to that, people that were making Christmas albums were mostly like country stars or like people at the ends of their career and occasionally a mm -hmm. Christian artist here and there, you know, but it wasn't like, a popular thing to do phil specter had kind of done it and then it kind of died out and it wasn't until a very special christmas in 87 when that kind of revived that whole mm. everybody wants to make a christmas album after that and i feel like it was like just right it was just too late i think if it had come out maybe the next year it could have kind of yeah. springboarded off of that the success of a very special christmas and it might have actually done better it's always it's it's timing on these things is always so crazy and i have a feeling it's just that's part of the reason why it was overlooked although you're right i think in general it's a shame to be ahead of your time <laughs> it's true though it really is yeah. <laughs> it it rarely works you know like for every matrix that we got you know the, the matrix we had a bunch of others that were just not as successful and you go back and you're like wow they were doing that before the matrix but no one knows them you know do you think it has anything to do with i mean have you heard of the the 100 monkeys theory no i haven't it sounds interesting though <laughs> okay so there was a time when monkeys did not know how to crack a coconut okay and i you know i'm not like don't quote me on this whole thing because <laughs> okay. I'm, not, I'm not going verbatim i'm not i well I you know ray stevens told me that uh, <laughs> no i <laughs> so so as soon as 100 monkeys could crack a coconut mm -hmm. every monkey in the jungle could crack a coconut it's like it the consciousness mm -hmm. is all of a sudden leveled and everybody knows oh you mm -hmm. you bang it on the ground and you crack it open and that's how you do it mm. so these things are part of the bigger picture. All of these Christmas albums that came out. I mean, where would anybody have gotten their inspiration from had somebody not done it before? Mm -hmm. But it's just the timing of it. Right. You know, maybe there had to be a hundred Christmas albums before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it could be. And 
But the other part of it is, like you said, it. Uh, I think in general, we as as humans don't appreciate some of the, um, I guess what they call yeah. traditional Western art music, uh, symphonies, oratorios, cantatas. We've just kind of gone away from that as we've gotten closer to pop music and things like that. And so that album, it is phenomenal, but it is much more produced as far as, you know, in that classical style i mean not classical and you know what i mean you know it what is, i mean it is classical but, though it's 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 very classical mm-hmm. um it's it's pop too but it's um i mean people considered a lot of classical music pop for their time right well yeah yeah so just, it's yeah it's it's just very very sophisticated it's mm-hmm. a very sophisticated mm-hmm. classical classical pop album right it, yeah. Which I it just really wasn't in vogue, especially in no. the 80s. And so I think it's a shame. But I'm so glad they made it. I'm so glad yeah. they made it. Oh, yeah. It really enriched my experience of Christmas. Nice. Yeah. And, and that's really, for me, for my show, like if I can make one person just feel what yeah. they felt when they were a kid again, then it's worth it. So I, 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 I completely agree. If, if this album, you know, if that album just really made you feel amazing as a kid and really love Christmas, it then it's, still it's does. worth it. I play, I still play it. I still play it every single year. I mean, I've, I love Jimmy Webb. Yeah. Um, I, he's, he's brilliant. I mean, it's, but that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing is that these souls, come into this earth and the the measure of success is the fact that that he made that mm-hmm. that album and all of the music that he made is it makes him enormously successful right in my mind so that's how i get my exercise sad <laughs> <laughs> to say it i'm sorry that's right yeah yeah so okay amy brings jimmy and art out they perform we get Gary and and Jenny and her dad, and they all just kind of come in, and it's a nice, you know, picture frame kind of ending, basically. Mild he lays his glory by, for let men no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them. And then it cuts. I'm the special's like done. But, as far as plot goes, but then it kind of cuts to one last song, which was a uh, love of another kind, I think from, uh, from her tour again. So we get to see her, her fancy outfit one more time. You know, I'm glad they made the special. I don't know if I'm going to watch it every year, but I, <laughs> I, I do. I'm glad they made it. It's, you know, it's one of those where like it needed to be made and you know, it's, it's cool. So, <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I'm sure that every artist, whatever it is that they make at the time, it's, I'm sure everybody cringes mm-hmm. at, at what they did in the past. But the the funny part is, is that all of the kids that were so excited about it when it came out, it, regardless of how campy it is or the cheesy parts or the the randomness, it brought a lot of kids a lot of happiness. For sure. For sure. hundred yeah. percent. But, you know, it does make me wonder, what would you say would be your hap, hap, happiest memory or moment about Amy Grant in general or this album or special in particular, whichever one you want to pick? Uh, Wow. Um, I think happiest moment with Amy. Well, I got to meet her when I had gotten my it was when I got my first 
um, gig. It, it ended up falling through, but I was asked to write some songs on spec for Footloose 2. Oh, wow. And um, they ended up actually redoing the entire original soundtrack. So, of course, mm -hmm. all of that, the money that I spent on production, even though, though I didn't have the money and right. <laughs> all of that stuff, everything just kind of like the bottom fell out. Uh, but terrible. I had just, oh, gosh, every songwriter, every musician has been through it like. Yeah. Over. But it was the first time that I had been. um you know, asked to do something on that level. Mm -hmm. And my sister came into town. I was living in Los Angeles at the time and she had gotten us tickets to see Amy and there was a meet and greet. Nice. And I had never met Amy before. I couldn't believe I was going to be able to meet her. And this is like a real sibling bonding thing that I have with my sister because she and I were so into Amy as kids. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was really shy. I didn't know what to say to Amy. And my my sister said, "Hey, you, this is my sister. Her name is Rhea, and you know she's um, she's writing songs for Footloose too. And you know, the, the blah 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 blah." And Amy said, "Wow. So what did you say your name was again?" And I said, "I'm Rhea." And she said, "Okay, okay. So I'm going to look out for your name." And she said, "So tell me about." this footloose too and what's going on i said well they want songs that um you know she, it's kind of like a you know i was giving her the premise and she said you know the cool thing is that when you're a songwriter when you're an artist and you get a gig like that it re-energizes everything for you and just no matter what happens just take this energy and just be as creative as you can possibly be and I just thought, wow, thank you. The fact that there was a line of people waiting behind me to talk to her. And she took that moment mm -hmm. to say that to me and actually listened to what I was doing. It just, it, it really moved me. Well, I, that says a lot about her character. You know, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. The fact that she would be willing to help out, you know, give it advice. I mean, yeah. not everybody, there's a lot. You can always tell who like the leaders in an industry are when they're willing to give free advice and help out someone that needs help. Yeah. At least in my experience, the ones that are just real selfish and don't care and they usually don't end up at, where in the places that they want to be. So that's awesome. That's way better than mine. I just remember sitting with my cousins on my <laughs> great grandma's bed watching her video on top 20. <laughs> You know what? I have you ever seen the the Beavis and Butthead thing where they're they're watching um Baby Baby and it's so funny because Beavis says, Is this a Clarisol commercial? <laughs> <laughs> it totally it totally does look like that. Because she's so <laughs> beautiful her skin yeah. is so clear and it's just and well, that's all they said the lighting and everything yeah it, there's a lot of like ambient kind of fuzzy i mean yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> leave it to beavis but on that note, oh we gosh. come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little segment I like to call Gag Me with a Spoon. So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of the uh, special. In this case, maybe not something that we, you know, because we love the special, maybe not something we hated, just something we didn't like as much. 
And so as a guest, I'll let you kind of go first. Just set up the scene for us and uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Well, I think I've done a few of mine, but let me, <laughs> let me look. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I have to go with Amy and the horses. Jenny, you're so lucky to have all these horses. We have to exercise these horses two times a day. That's how I get my exercise. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It gets me every time. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I picked one from Moose. It's Ed Bailey Jr. Okay. And he had a lot of lines that they were actually funny. <laughs> but sometimes really but, but sometimes in his delivery, I was just like, mm. Or, or just the subject matter. I was like, wait, what? What is he talking about? So I had to rewind this a couple of times before I, I figured out what he was saying. And I think it's just because the copy I watched wasn't, wasn't great. But anyway, so this is when she's he offers her that uh, gravy boat. He says, when used around the Christmas table, it's an individual gravy boat. It's also good for a salt lake for your smaller barnyard animals. <laughs> it's a very good gift. And he... He has to punctuate it with, it's a very good gift, you know. It's a very good gift. I think maybe a, a more seasoned writer might not have to, you know, emphasize that last point. And, and that's why I included it. And then Amy says, I don't know, it looks a little shallow. <laughs> looks a little shallow, she says. <laughs> like she's actually really considered it. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks she's just, I think you're right. I think she's just trying to be polite and not be like, dude, this is awful. Come on, what else do you got? <laughs> And then he pulls out the the three hooved sheep lamp. Oh, oof. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine having that in my house. <laughs> oh, I know. I love the part though where she goes, "Ah, you know, I don't know. A lamp like that looks like it needs a bear." And then he pulls out yeah, the yeah. from the end of the and, Yeah, she's like, "And you only have the one." So, like she's trying to get out of it. He's like, "Oh, well, you're in luck." <laughs> That was so funny. Oh, yeah. uh, but you know, so I, I, I gotta ask. GI Joe taught us that knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half of the battle is? Understanding. Oh, okay, very nice. Well, that's I mean that's deeper than mine. Mine is just so if knowing's half the battle, the other half is just making sure the car has gas. <laughs> well, that's a good one too. And you know what? That's understanding. It's understanding that. Cars need gas. That's and right. And properly. And just because you rent a nice car doesn't mean it's gonna come with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You you uh, gotta do some of the work yourself. That's right. Uh Ray, it's been a blast talking with you about Amy Grant and this this wacky special and you know in particular. But what do you got coming up? Like tell me, you know, what do you want to plug? Just anything you got going on. Oh, well, I am in the throes of releasing two different projects and trying to figure out exactly when and how I'm going to do it. But I have, um, well, okay, first of all, I've been working on uh, some music for a Lifetime movie that's Ooh, coming nice. out later this summer. So there are some singles that are going to be released for that uh, soon, which I'm really excited about. They just finished filming everything last week. And there are... A couple of scenes where the main character is lip syncing to uh, a couple of the songs that I wrote for the movie with with my producer, Brian Steckler, which is really exciting. So that is first on the release list. Um, and then I've got an all new Christmas album 
coming out later on this year. So this is my third Christmas album. If that gives you any indication of how much I love making Christmas. <laughs> I was, was going to say, you don't like Christmas at all, I don't think. I don't like Christmas <laughs> at all. Can you see behind me? I have like yeah, yeah. Christmas things still up. <laughs> nice. A couple reindeer back there. Uh, and then I've got um, an everyday kind of pop soul uh, album that I am so excited about and want to really release well and strategically. And so I'm just trying to figure out exactly when and how to do that mm -hmm. in the middle of releasing a Christmas album later in the year and releasing these singles. So um, that's the that's the story. So I'll just. I'll just keep chugging along and right on and uh, I'll be excited to share it with you. And where can they find you on the uh, interwebs on the interwebs? You can find me uh, <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, I think it's at Stevens dot dot. Yeah. At Stevens dot And then on, I'm not on TikTok yet. Need to do that. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Rhea Stevens. Um, R E H Y A. And then S-T-E-V-E-N-S. And you can find me on YouTube. There's a bunch of videos and lyric videos. Mm -hmm. And uh, where else? My we website. We have a website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. RayaStevens.com. And um, yeah, that's about it. Right on. <laughs> Definitely go check out her Christmas albums, especially. Phenomenal stuff. Oh, and Spotify <laughs> and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's of course. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, if they want to, if they want to purchase your albums, they just go to your um to yeah, your website. You to my website. There are okay. you can go to my website and uh, get them there. Um, I have autographed CDs. If any of you are CD people still, <laughs> or you can get all of my stuff on Spotify. But no cassettes, right? I mean... No cassettes. No cassettes. <laughs> just kidding. I gotta say, I just I do not miss the the rewind and fast forward of all of that. I know some yeah. people are really back into cassettes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. People are making cassettes again and they're, they're listening. It's a new thing, especially for indie artists, man, you couldn't pay me to do that. <laughs> that was so frustrating. It was <laughs> hoping you landed in the right spot. Mm -hmm. And if you did, then you knew that the tape was going to be ruined soon because you stopped it in that spot so many times and your tape was going to get eaten. That's, that's <laughs> Uh, good times. Yes, this is authentic <laughs> 80s talking. Here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, let me say thanks again. Oh, thank you. It was a blast. And I'll end it with, you know, Christmas time for me is such a patchwork of images. It's chilly wind and coats with just one glow, red noses and warm woolly hats. It's the smell of wood burning in the fireplace. It's time for being with family and seeing old friends. Time to talk and finally having time to listen. It's also a time to reflect, a time to be thankful for everything we have, a time to check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, Mastodon at Totally Rad Christmas at Mastodon.world, or our Facebook group, Totally Rad Christmas Mall and Arcade, where you can make your voice known to us as well. We post anything and everything 80s or Christmas related. And if you're feeling like the townsfolk having Amy Grant and Art Garfunkel sing at their local Christmas show, Leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more people and spread some rad holiday cheer. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our super dope website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. 
I wish you all the merriest of Christmases, and I thank you so much for making this such a special Christmas for me. Later, dudes. I'm Brian Gumbel this week on Today, the financial outlook for 87. I'm Jane Pauley, also Hill Street's Charles Hayde and Moonlighting Sybil Shepherd. That plus a special Christmas show this week on Today. Then tomorrow night, Alf's disappointed when he learns he won't have a white Christmas. And on Amazing Stories, Santa Claus is arrested with a bunch of storefront imitations. How can you tell the genuine article from the fakes? Will the real Kris Kringle please stand up?